Okay, everyone. Welcome back to the Tuneful, Beautiful, Artful Music Teacher Podcast. You want to hear something funny? This is the last podcast intro that I will be recording with my natural vocal folds. (laughs) Because by the time you hear this, Lord willing, I will have strips of Gore-Tex as an implant pushing against one of my vocal folds to make them close a little more easily. Yes, too much information, which is pretty much the motto for my entire life. But anyway, when you listen to this, I will be deep into my voice recovery, surgery recovery. So yay. I'm recording this part the night before the surgery to try and make sure it goes out on time so we can all keep listening to and benefiting from the wonderful conversation I had with Taylor Curlew, which we're going to dive right into now. Let's listen in. All right. So you've gone through all 12 steps. Those kids, when you started, they didn't know anything Mm -hmm. about doing due day. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to say, there's one little thing I'll put back in there. If you're like me, you're probably wondering this. Uh, when do I tell them the proper name? Quarter note to eighth notes. Mm. I won't do that for me until we're writing it. And usually like at step, let's say step eight or nine. I'm going to say, by the way, um, you know how we call this do and due day? Yeah. The way I explain it to my kids is I'll say to them, you know, uh, Becca, when you see Becca, she's a second grade girl, right? Everybody agree? Yes, she is a second grade girl. But I won't say, as she's walking down the hall, yo, second grade girl, yeah. come over here. You know, <laughs> if I did, it's not wrong. She is a second grade girl, right? Or a second grader. But she um, has so much but, more to her. Right, and she has a name. She yeah. has a proper name. Mm-hmm. So while both things are true, one is her proper name. Her proper name is Becca. So notation is similar to that. Um, we say it, or my kids know, the chanting name is do. The proper name is quarter note. Mm -hmm. So just wanted to put that out there if you're wondering about that. You're getting schooled, Taylor. Great. (laughs) I'm all for it. (laughs) So now you've gone from knowing nothing as a student. You didn't know what do and do day were. Maybe you've seen notation before, right? Now, not only can you um, perform songs and rhymes that contain do and do day, you can decode them. You can hear them in your brain. You can read them. You can write them. You can create with them. Now, here we go. Unit two. Yeah. <laughs> right? Wow. Now we move on to Next unit two. World. And guess what? Same we start thing. all over again. 12 steps in how many groups? Four. Four groups. Yeah. Four boxes. The groups are, group one is like barely counts. That's that is readiness. Have, yeah. some fun, Have some fun. Learn this. Right? Yeah. I'm just teaching you two pieces. Second box, conversational soulfish. Most important thing is we are creating an inner hearing foundation. There's no visual in this. And we start that process, the bicycle process. Rote, decode familiar, level up, decode unfamiliar. Now create something mm-hmm. with it. Wow, you got good at that. Let's move to the next box. Reading. Rote, I tell you what it sounds like. Familiar. Decode familiar, you tell me what it sounds like. Decode unfamiliar, level up. Tell me what it sounds like. This is new. Now we move to the final box, writing. Now you are going to do all the things you've been doing, right? Box two is almost exactly like box four. Conversational solfege and writing box, those boxes are almost exactly the same. 
The difference is you're writing it down. Mm -hmm. So step, uh, let's see, step three, decode familiar, is exactly like step 10, write to decode familiar. Because the only thing you're doing is adding the writing part. You're still asking them to listen, decode, but you're just saying, now write it down. Mm -hmm. And you have gone through that. Now imagine that you go through this amazing process that John has laid out and you do it for do and do day. Then you do it in triple meter. Do, do, daddy. Is right? that unit? Two. Two. Okay. Now, not only have you... See, I, I want people to move past thinking like that's all they're learning. To imagine Gosh, you have no, kids like... who are processing at this level, yeah. right? And now you're showing them the difference between um, groups of beats in two and three. And how the notation represents what we hear. Yeah. Now you're going to move to unit three. Do, de do, de do, de do. Now you're introducing what I call the skipping rhythm, quarter note, eighth note, onto that um, yeah. do, do, daddy. Now you've learned all these rhythms. Let's go to our very first tonal unit. The very first tonal unit is unit four, me, re, and do. So anything you do in that unit, generally speaking, is going to have the rhythms that came from units one, two, and three. Uh, yeah. And yeah. now what you're doing, think about it. You are learning to hear, read, and write full music. What yeah. I say to the kids at this point, I say, training wheels are off. This is real music. You're looking at notation in its fullest form, mm-hmm. right? Where before, I'll tell you the truth, those kind of training wheels, notation. Yeah. <laughs> now you're looking at what Mr. Strong looks at. I say, and he looks at and sings, um, me, me, re, re, do, do, right? He yeah. knows by looking at that because it's giving him both um, the pitch and the rhythm. Yeah. So imagine that in two years or even three, maybe it takes you three years as you're getting used to it. You've taught them how to do that. Now, some people will look at that and say, that's all they learned. But I think that is very short-sighted. I think really you have taught them something incredible. Oh yeah. Uh, and in, not rushed it. Yeah. And, and there's all, so many songs they're doing yep. anyway and yep. the steps. And it's like, that's absolutely that's great. So do you feel how do you feel now about just how you think about the overarching thing? oh it's just like i can see i i can picture it on more like just so much better than i did before because i have gotten to a certain step but now it's like okay like you know and i think with the classes like yeah like you're so like you have you know the papers in front of you and you're and for someone like me that this i i knew was going to take some time i think it's nice to just hear it and yes. like go through it and like i and have then, and be able to ask and, your questions like oh wait neutral syllables oh no no yeah, no neutral and syllables like, right be by myself yes. and like have but also be able to help so many people because this is these questions come up all the time and you know do you want to hear something scary do yeah. you know what page we're on Two. two yeah two three <laughs> four but <laughs> i okay. i really i like because i can see this is like i mean it is teaching yeah Duh. this is like teaching no i mean i could see your face changing as we talked where you were like you had these looks like i could translate yeah you know that were like oh my gosh i've been doing you know yeah uh, oh yeah this is embarrassing already, i've like, completely been doing this wrong and then there were moments <laughs> where you're like oh yeah like it starts to make sense that's why i really encourage people um to keep learning this oh, now yeah. you'll hear People every i've never it. heard a teacher trainer not say this like one and done <laughs> yeah every one of us so i think i've sat through john teaching conversational soul fetch i know it's at least four times it could be six times um 
And every time I sit, I go, oh, wait, what? (laughs) Or like, you know, or looking at another teacher trainer and hearing them talk about it and bring their things to it. It's like, I never thought about that. Like, I'm trying to think, Andy Heimlich said something a year ago and um, it was about the games and stuff. And I just remember thinking, I never thought about it like that. And that really blossomed in my teaching. So I'm encouraging everyone, first of all, you need to take this training. Um, second of all, if you can take refreshers, you should do that, yeah. right? Um, if you can get the streaming lectures, get that and look at it. Now, it's pain. I'm not going to lie. It would be easier to um, put in, you know, put on a movie, mm. uh, use the active board, or just go in and say, we're going to play games. But if you are invested in helping your kids becoming become independent musical thinkers, you got to put in the work, right? And then what's nice is if you're patient with yourself uh, and you allow yourself to take risks and make mistakes, this process will pay off exponentially. When you see those kids getting it and they leave your classroom, I mean, my goal sometimes is like, I think of it like this, I want to be jealous of those kids. I would, I wish I was... A nine-year-old walking out knowing how to sing solfege, decode patterns, and have real intuitive understanding of it. So do you feel better about the 12-step process? So much better. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I'm like, oh... And I now knowing like, you know, when I was writing things down and I'm like, I don't, I don't have to write it down because I can just listen to yes, this. Yes, which but is it's really like nice. the brain is like, oh. It's a lot of information. Okay. Let me just get it down. And yeah. So, <laughs> you know, cause some of even just like the rhythmic unit, this is, I love this, but it's like, what do these lines mean? What right. Are you're, things, you're looking at the you unit know, plan so it's, template. But it's good to have it here and yes. to say, oh. It's better to come <laughs> back to this unit plan yeah. template after you understand. Yes. And that too. The steps. On a broad level. Mm-hmm. So hopefully this has helped you with that. Oh, yeah. And the next thing we're going to do is talk about your specific questions. Cool. And maybe some of them have been answered. Yeah, I was going to say, know. we just killed a couple, <laughs> couple of things that, in that. So, All right. so yeah. Yeah. now we've gone through the 12 steps of conversational soulfish. Um, really, it's better to think of 12 steps in how many groups? Do you remember? Four, four groups. So first, readiness. Phew. Have fun. Learn this. Mm-hmm. All I'm doing is learning two pieces of repertoire. Cool. It's strictly pragmatic, oh, right? Awesome. But if you're looking at the kids, it They're should like, look like, "Woo, this is a fun thing," wow. or at least, "Oh, interesting song," you know, yeah. or "That's a funny rhyme." Mm-hmm. Um, that's what it's happening to them. But before we go on, I'm and I'm not. I think I have this written down, but I'm just going to say it now. I'm going to talk about a couple of important things. One of the first things is, I'm going to say this because I feel like there are so many numbers getting thrown around. Mm. That could be confusing to me when it's like, oh, there are 12 steps. Oh, there are four groups. Oh, step one is this. Step two is this. Amen. So uh, I'm going to throw one more set of numbers in. And what I I call this uh, the magic six plus one, right? And so, or just the six plus one. And I've noticed in my classes in the past year, really uh, distinguishing this has become very important because what I'm talking about when I say the magic six plus one is when I'm about to start a unit, right? Before in advance, I'm going to go to the binder. Okay. Let's say level one, the purple binder. And I'm going to look at unit one and I'm going to say, I need to pick six pieces of music, Mm -hmm. six songs and rhymes. 
plus one. The one is the, the classical class. piece or the masterwork yes. or some real world Always application. Always just six though. Always. Six, Which is my now, lucky number. But, but let me just say, numbers. let me just say, I, I want to say it like this. John is not a fan of hard and fast rules. So this is me saying six plus one. Okay. I think he would say, this is a guideline. You need at least six songs plus one. Now okay. I know that's going to blow you. So just listen to what I'm saying. For you, think of it as... The magic number, six Perfect. plus Done. one. <laughs> but all I want to say is, if you need more songs, like let's say you have to remediate a step, you have to go backwards. True. You can go into the binder pick or you one. can go out into the world and pick songs that have that unit's musical idea in it. So when I am starting a unit of Conversational Soulfish, I get out something, which I will also link uh, in the page, called the Unit um, Overview. This is a document that Rachel Grimsby, one of our teacher trainers created and I've taken it for my purposes and kind of tweaked it but I'm so glad she did it it's basically just a couple really big boxes and it's like what I love about this document I wish I had it a lot sooner is it's telling me not just what I'm doing in conversational soulfish it's also telling me what about things kids are learning so for example if we're learning I always say this as an example but it Mm -hmm. is uh, instruments of the orchestra or maybe I'm teaching them about opera, or maybe I'm teaching them about musical theater. Yeah, That's about music. Or maybe I'm teaching them about dynamics, timbre, yep. you know, phrasing, phrases, right? That's about music, the label part of yeah. music, and doing music. So the unit plan overview is not just what I'm doing in conversational solfege in a period of time. For me, I use that as a document of everything I've done in general music class because, and this is something I should have said very early, the one misunderstanding that people have in the very beginning with this is conversational solfege is not a full curriculum. Conversational solfege is one part of your general music lesson once you're done the first step, tuneful, beatful, and artful years. When you have first steps, what's nice about it is it's the whole shebang, is, yeah. right? You just open it up and yep. it's a lot easier. So we ease you into it, right? You're <laughs> yeah. just like, I'm like, right. Love, I mean, yeah, I'm like, first step two, yeah, I'm exactly. like, wow, this is great. <laughs> so easy. And then you, can't I? you get to the purple binder like, and you're like, I, mm, I need a drink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, literally. <laughs> like I say, I don't drink, but it's a good day to start. Yeah. <laughs> so um, conversational soulfish is just one part of every general music lesson uh, for our purposes in the fire oven world every general music lesson is made up of three components and i've named them all but i'll say them again sure. first notational literacy which is synonymous with for us conversational solfege or whatever program you want to use or if you've developed something yeah. that is where independent musical thinking and notational literacy is is being worked on then you're going to teach them something about music okay. like i said this is the labeling part oh i'm going to teach you about jazz oh i'm going yeah, to teach you about something about different right. that's teaching you labels um and then the last thing is actual engaging in music we're doing music we are playing these instruments we are mm-hmm. doing a folk dance we are singing a song dance yeah um we are composing right so think about that three things should be happening in every class the problem i believe in the american music classroom is that we focus too much on the about part in elementary school um when really that should be the domain of the upper levels people so middle school high school college um there's time to teach labels to me the labels are 
kind of important. That's yeah. exactly how I approach it. Uh, I used to be a lot more over tentative about those things because that's how I learned yeah. it's like I must teach you about dynamics in first grade yeah, I must teach as a new teacher for me yes. I feel like oh well, do and I have to hit these plus it's but easy to hang your hat on those we, things it's yeah. simpler but how can we make but, it right within? And, <laughs> and what I want to do is I want to capitalize on where you are in your brain development so until you are seven years old I'm capitalizing on doing music. Now that your neural fiber, fiber is has grown and things are starting to stabilize, I'm going to start slowly to teach you labels about things. Yeah. That's why we're not big fans of doing notation during the first steps years. It's just a waste of time. It's not that you're doing something... Um, well, I'm going to say, I've heard some people say, they think it causes damage, but I'm going to say it this way. You're not hurting them, but you are wasting their time. Yeah. You're wasting time where you could be making music with them and growing the vessel of First. their of their musicality. Yeah. While neurologically, developmentally, they are in, the clay is wet. Yeah. You don't wanna miss that window. So now we get to conversational solfege and um, the neural fiber has grown and it's starting to even out. And now it's like, okay, I'm going to keep you doing music because first of all, we should just be doing music. I think high school kids should be singing and moving and playing, you know, at their level. So we're going to keep doing music. Now I'm going to start teaching a little bit about music. By the way, this is patriotic music. Yeah. What is patriotic music? What does it look like in other countries? You know, what's your patriotic music? about? That's about music. And then I'm going to teach you about how to become notationally illiterate. For me, I use conversational solfege. So yeah. remember three parts, mm -hmm. right, of every lesson. Why is the training so important? Well, you should know by now, right? It's hard stuff. Yeah, seriously. Right? Um, it's a lot to process. That's why I understand because I am a black and white person. I want somebody to tell me, you will start this purple binder in second grade. You will get through the purple binder in third grade. You will start the orange binder level two in this. But that's the thing. I People have always asked me, when do you do the purple binder? And I'm like, listen, I get it. You're not going to like this answer. It depends. Yeah. Did you come into this school as a new teacher and those kids in sixth grade can't sing in tune? They can't move. They can't do... Well, don't start conversational solfege. Yeah. You need to do first steps for big kids. You need to remediate for the time lost. Don't skip those yeah. things. And it's going to be That's harder because these kids are older, right? And they've yeah. sta stabilized their aptitude. So, it's going to be harder, but it's worth it. That doesn't mean that a kid can't be taught. So now do that. So when do you start conversational solfege? It depends. But for those of you who are like me, I will say this. In my program, generally speaking, I've done first steps. Well, when I used to have kindergarten <laughs> and kindergarten and first grade. So that by the end of first grade, they're they're ready. Now, a lot of people say, I start conversational soul fashion first grade. For me, I'm not a huge fan of doing that yeah. because I still have time. The clay is still moldable. Yeah. So it doesn't hurt to do more first steps kinds of activities with them. Teach yeah. them more songs, more rhymes, more movement. So for me, generally speaking, the second grade year is when we start conversational soul fetch. Mm -hmm. But if I were teaching in another situation, uh, like one of our teacher trainers, Craig, he start. I think he does third to fifth grade. So, you know, he's got to make sure his kids are tuneful, beautiful, and artful. Before and then he's, that, so yeah. it might be later. Maybe they don't start till the end of third grade or, you know, whatever. So 
don't start it too soon because if you do this is when you'll notice on the page when people say the facebook page like my kids were doing so well but then they just hit a wall and they're so terrible well i always say is it user error are you not doing the program well or did you start it too soon Uh, because all things being equal if those kids are tuneful beautiful and artful they should be able to make it through you can get a fluke where kids are you know you just have a kid you know but generally speaking your kids should be going through conversational solfege at a good pace. Um, it should be effortless learning for them yeah. um, if they're truly ready. Remember when I told you, when they get to the reading steps, if I've done my job right, I see many of their eyes lights right. light up. Yeah. And that tells me I'm on the money. If I see dead eyes, which I hate, which is just them then being you like... you have to go back, right? right? Because, but Ugh. what it tells me is I haven't done my job well. Something, yeah. So instead of moving forward, I remediate. I go back a step or I stay on that step. Yeah. It is not worth pushing forward. And in music, we have that luxury. Yeah. I don't let the instrumental teachers of the world who are very... Um, and I understand, you know... They got to know this. They got to know this. I don't let those voices dictate what I'm doing, even though I feel bad for them. What I say is, I want to hand you a kid who is musical. And ready for you. Not a kid who knows 16th notes. Mm -hmm. Meaning, if I have to sacrifice one or the other, I'll sacrifice the knowledge of the 16th notes. You could teach it to them in middle school. Mm -hmm. I want to hand you a kid who's inherently musical. So don't start conversational solfege until the kids are ready. Second grade, third grade, fourth grade, 10th grade, (laughs) you know? So another thing I want to talk to you about um, is, and this is still frighteningly from your first question, right? (laughs) This is uh, another thing that I wish somebody would have told me a long time ago. And that, or excuse me, I have to take that back. They did tell me. (laughs) I just had too much in my brain. Uh, and that's I like me right take now. It. It's yeah. okay. Or You're just like, a couple years yes, ago. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So really. the thing that keeps conversational solfege really trucking forward in a fresh and growing way is um, something that blew my mind for the first couple of years. And that is the concept of uh, past, present, and future objectives in the conversational solfege part of your lesson. Remember, every lesson is made up of three parts. So even saying it, I know people are like, oh my word, <laughs> I, I can't take in any more information. But all I mean is this, as I move through conversational solfege in my current unit, okay. right? So let's mm-hmm. say I'm at unit three, do, de, do, de, do, right? I wanna make sure they don't forget unit one. I don't have to worry about unit two because in unit three, unit two is kind of okay. combined in it. It's got, we're still working on that. Mm-hmm. When I didn't think about past objectives and keeping those fresh in my kid's mind, here's what would happen. I would hit unit four, they would be doing okay, and then I would bring out duple meter solfege. And they were like, do da And I'm like, no, 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 this is duple meter, remember? Do they do? It's like they forgot it because I just went through two units in triple meter and uh, never practiced. What an idiot, <laughs> right? So wow. all this means is on any given day, when they come in, I want to make sure I'm just doing a quick review of something from the past. And Little it means, bits and pieces. And it means anything I want. So let's say we're in unit three, right? Mm-hmm. And let's say in the current unit, I am at step, whatever, I'm just making up, four yeah. of unit three. When the kids come in at some point, I'm going to bring up something from unit one and say, do you remember um, that song 2468? Yeah, like- uh, I have this playground ball I'm going to bounce with you. Uh, will you please say it with me? Two, 
four, six, eight. And I'm going to say, let's see if you can decode it. Do you remember how to decode in duple meter? What do we use? Do's and what is it? Yeah. Doodos. So I'm going to say, let's do it. And they start decoding. It's almost like, hey, that's our do now. Yeah. That's our like exactly. fine, like done. And it's over. Yeah. That is a past objective okay. of that lesson. I want to touch on something. Maybe a couple classes later, I might have them read something. For, remember 2468? We just, can you read this for me? Can you decode just it? Just make sure it's still there. Right. Yeah. That's all you're doing. Okay. Okay. Then your current objectives, that's everything we just talked about. Yeah. And then the future objectives. I want to capitalize on my time with them by preparing for what's coming next. Mm -hmm. And that way, um, nobody can see what I'm doing except Taylor. <laughs> I'm overlapping. This is my current unit. Here comes the future unit coming underneath this one. There's an overlap. I'm saving time. Yeah. So on the same day I'm working in unit three, I'm also asking them at some point to echo the 4A tonal patterns. Why that not, is right? a future yeah. a future objective. And that's going to make them more prepared. Yeah. Um, when we're talking about, side note, read about it in the Fire Oven Fundamentals <laughs> book. Uh, it's The concept for unit four in particular is called nickels in the bank. And this is something you'll hear about and you pretend to understand. Yeah, I feel like I've heard. <laughs> You're like, like, yeah, I totally understand. I've heard it. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> all it means is tonal uh, patterns are hard to learn for kids. They're much harder than rhythmic ones when they first learn them. Yeah. So we're giving them a leg up. In the first, second, and third units of conversational solfege, I am having them echo the four A, C, and D patterns. Do you know why I would hold out the B patterns from them and not let them do it? Well, let me tell you. Yeah, just tell me. <laughs> Those need to be unfamiliar when we get to them okay. in the unit. Because remember, I need to preserve yes. a, um, a bank of patterns to, to level up to. That's right. So Can't do it all in once. units one, two, and three, they're constantly singing these patterns. But it's exactly like this. Oh, boys and girls, will you echo me as we walk to the door? It takes 25 seconds yeah. to do. And now I've done a future objective. But when I first learned about past, present, and future objectives, I was so overwhelmed. And to me, it's like, okay, if it took us two hours to talk about the 12 steps, and you're telling me that's the current objective, how the heck am I supposed <laughs> to be teaching? You know, But I didn't I just, think about it practically. All it is is a blip. It's just yeah. like, let's just practice this. And let's just prepare for that. And it's something you've done, so you can make it like... It's, yeah. You shouldn't have to stress over Absolutely. it. Absolutely. You know, and I guess there's no wrong way it, to. That's what's nice about it. Right? Like, it's, I'll just I take just it. kind of try, I try to keep that more casual so it's not so um, overwhelming oh gosh, to I me. Have to do this on yeah, and that. It's just like, like I got to keep in mind step. that they have to keep practicing unit one and they have to keep doing this. And it's only going to benefit me and them. Yeah. When wow. I started doing that, and then I got to unit four. I wanted to do a dance because oh, I'm like, you oh, like, my word, they yay. remembered. Well, wow. of course they did. We've been practicing it. Yeah. I didn't let them forget. Duh. You know? So that's, that's what awesome I wanted advice. to talk about that. Yeah. Um, now we're going to start with um, your second question. <laughs> 20 hours later. Literally. Insert Gary the Snap. Yes. Um, please. Here's your question. If you could explain in 10 minutes the process of how to start doing CS with no experience, doing it within your classroom, how would you explain that to a teacher? Or someone like me who does first steps is trying to implement uh, conversational solfege with only third and fourth graders this year. 
Um, second graders for me are still on first steps. Okay. So I don't think this is going to surprise you because I kind of touched on this. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be honest and tell you when I first see this question, it's a question I got a lot, something Phew. of that nature. It's impossible, yeah. right? It's impossible to me to tell a teacher, I know, that's true. oh, you bought that book. Just go this ahead is- and go for it. Now, I want to tell you something. Lindsay Jackson, I'm doing a lot of teacher trainer name dropping here. <laughs> but these are my friends and my colleagues who are very me. gifted. <laughs> I remember marveling. I don't know if I'm misquoting her, but when we were talking about this, I was saying how overwhelmed I was when I was trying to learn conversational soulfish. And she was kind of like, it wasn't that hard. <laughs> oh my gosh, I want to be her. I, know, exactly. I want her brain. <laughs> right. I, I gave up on that a long time ago. Oh, I just can't. That's amazing. I'm, just, I'm just too neurotic. Wow. Right? But to me, generally speaking, it's a bit much to say to somebody, you can learn this on your own. You don't need any training. Yeah. Go ahead and just give it a try. Whereas, to be honest, if I gave somebody the green first steps book, I feel better saying learn the repertoire and I think you could kind of fake it till you get a training. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad you asked it though, because it's really important to understand about conversational soulfish and we have touched on this. You cannot just jump in with this um, and expect to really thrive in it. You need to learn about it, sit with it. But I do wanna say once you've done some training, and you did this and you should be proud of yourself. You do have to try it. Yeah. And then you'll have the questions. Mm-hmm. Right? That's what I want to say to people. I wish people had the time and the money to do this. Take the training, right? Sit through it, become overwhelmed by it, <laughs> forget half of it. <laughs> Go to your classroom, try it. Come back, take the training again yeah. and do what you've been doing through this podcast Seriously. recording which is like, oh, I, honestly, or like, maybe that's why that wasn't taking hold when I did it or oh my gosh, I was repeating this multiple times. People work the way I do, which is mm-hmm. just my natural like, right. you know, with with this situation that I feel like it's okay. Like there's no yep. as long as you're being like musical in any way with your kids there's You're no doing timeline something good for you Absolutely. and there's no timeline you don't pan I, I mean really like coming from me don't panic that oh my gosh but i'm not doing it like yeah now that i tried to, yes. it i'm i'm happy that it's something and yeah. i'll learn and, and get you, better and it's, i don't want to do it wrong so yes, i'm like and the thing is you when you give <clears> yourself that cut that break to yourself you're just like, okay, I did that wrong, but now I know, mm-hmm. right? Um, I've had times like last year, I remember having a cl- like a third grade that was really behind and I was just starting to beat myself up. And I was like, you know what? Stop. I just have to move forward. Yeah. Uh, should I have done it differently and better? Absolutely. Uh, did I know? Is there anything I can do about it? No, but I can try my best and let's move forward, yeah. right? And they learned stuff, Yeah. right? They, they learned did. a lot. They, so, right. All right. So to answer your question, I can't really tell you in 10 minutes, you know, but I can explain it to you by saying it is a way for me to teach kids who are foundationally musical how to be notationally literate. So if if I was saying this like a lay person, not a music teacher person, I would say it's a it's a way of taking kids who can sing and move and play and teaching them how to read and write music in in a very musical way, uh, not in a dry way right? Where it's joyful. And they learn that notation is something they can use to facilitate the music that's inside of them. That's how I would explain it. But if I'm saying to a teacher, you know, like, go ahead and try it. I don't think I would do that. I would say, boy, (laughs) work on first steps. Watch this webinar. There's a webinar that I can also attach to this uh, episode page that gives you just an overview. Do some research and get yourself to a training. And 
to be honest. If money was no object, I really would encourage people to um, go to a second training. Same thing. Sit through it again. Yeah. Uh, it's really going to change your life if you do it. It did to me, right? Yeah, and that's so, why that second training with, on the cruise actually gave me the confidence to then try it again because yeah. I... It just, I needed that extra. And even though I'm doing like the bits and yeah, maybe I'm not where I should be, but you know, now that we're sitting here, I'm like, but that's okay. Yes, absolutely. And now you can be excited. Now, when I go back, I know so much more. Yeah. And it's like, oh my gosh, this is so much easier, right? (laughs) So, okay, guess what? We're at the next question. Cool. Hey. (laughs) So, uh, step one, readiness. And step three, conversational soulfish decode familiar. Are they the same songs, right? (laughs) You are right. Now you know they are the same songs. And even though I'm like, I know this, I know this, but it just starts to look. don't feel bad because that's the kind of thing, you wouldn't want to be wrong about that. No. And I I could have went on the Fire Robin thing and Google and um, searched that. No, I told you to write down questions. uh, Yeah, exactly. And (laughs) honestly, there were a few times this week I said, kids, just hold on a second. Yeah, oh, I've done that. Look at your neighbor, say something Mm -hmm. about the weekend because I need to just write this down. And the, you know, because I no, was I like it's in great. the moment. Yep. And then you forget it when you leave. That's why you have to write it yeah. down. But, but okay, yeah. Okay, so yes, the, the you are doing at step one and step three. And you'll if we're looking at that rhythm unit plan, right? We're looking at it together. You're looking at step one. Mm-hmm. Do you see the numbers one and two, the blanks? Yeah. Remember I said the magic six plus one? Yes. This means the first two songs. So on mine, it would say closet key and Miss White. Okay. And then when you go down to step three, yeah. it says pattern set A, and then you have blanks, number one and number two. Now, it's don't feel bad. Same, it's confusing. It's the Until same you song. Know, it's though. the same yeah. song. Yeah, and I think that was because I started looking at these, and I was like, wait, yes. do I decode familiar from somewhere else? Right, or, yeah. right. And I'm like, wait. And that's uh, why I say to students in my class, okay, we're going to write a unit one. Sense. We're going to do everything we can in advance. So the first thing we're going to do is you're going to pick your six songs from the binder, and you're going to write them in every slot that says, for example, if you choose closet key for song one of the six plus one, the magic six, right? You're going to go on the left side of this document, the rhythm unit plan, and write in closet key. Then you're going to do it again at step three. Song one is closet, closet key. key. Then you're going to go down to step seven. Song one is closet, closet oh, key. That's- <laughs> Oh, and three and four are from step four. Uh, or no. Three and four, like yes. Like from the... F- yes. Oh, wow. See? Mind blown. Yeah. I was like, wait, what do I do? So let's say uh, song one That's is closet key. Too. Song two is, um, what did I say? Miss White. Mm-hmm. Then I'm going to write it again at step three. Then step four... I'm just totally making this up. Um, two, four, six, eight is number three. So now I'm going to write that down at step seven. I got you. Right? And then song four of the magic six plus one is, gosh, why didn't I think of this ahead of time? Uh, Yankee Doodle. So anytime I see song one, I'm writing closet key. Anytime I see two with a blank, I'm watching Miss, I'm writing Miss White. When I see three, what did I say? Two, four, six, eight. And when I see four, I'm writing Yankee Doodle. And now all I need to do is write down the one time where songs five and six come. And the reason why five and six are necessary, plus the classical pieces, I need another place for unfamiliar songs. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because so, of the way yes. it is. Yes. Like, so when yeah. I say the, remember how I said the magic six plus one is important, yeah. but I think people don't understand it. To me, it's becoming more important. Well, that makes sense. Four, five, six. Yes. Yes. So six. it's like, it's I need there. six pieces of music. 
Now, for me, it's easy to pick from the folk songs that are in the binder, but you can pick from any music. If you want to use music that comes from uh, the the students that are sitting in front of you, like you don't want to use these American folk songs, do that. Just make sure that it they contain the, the thing that rotation. you're doing in the lesson. So that's the magic of the six plus one. So to answer your question, yes, the two songs or rhymes that they've learned in the first box are the ones that are coming back at step three. Boom. Cool. Done. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Now, the next one. How do you start the class uh, with conversational solfege when they come in? Do you pull the patterns up right away mm. uh, or ask them to decode? Do you do some kind of warm up or doing activity first as they enter the classroom? So this is a very common question. It's okay. a good question. This is the practical application of John's theory. How are we going to do this? Because you could look at the three parts of every general music lesson and say, okay, so first I must do conversational selfish, then I must do about, then I must do doing. But no lesson should look like that. Yeah. Um, I, the way I think about it is I sculpt a lesson, right? And I, generally speaking, my lessons look kind of the same, but there's some variation. Yeah. And the way they look is when those kids are walking in, there's something John says that's very powerful to me, which is, I want kids um, to be excited that they're coming to music class and sad that they're leaving. Yep. Right? So in doing that, I need to make them excited when they walk in. I don't want them to walk in and be like, womp, womp. Because I have an easy time doing that with first steps, which is why I'm like, how can I translate this to you know, conversational so right. fetch, but the big but kids think of it the same way. I do a lot of the same things in oh, my class. Awesome to know. <laughs> most of the time when my kids are entering, they're coming in to a piece of music yes. and we are going to do some kind of keeping the beat motion, which is something from first steps, even those third and fourth graders, even the big kids, but it doesn't look the same yeah. with them, with them. I'm really starting to bring out some, um, world musics and music from the, um, the children that are singing in front of me. So mm-hmm. I might bring in music from Pakistan. Yeah. Um, just want to make sure that it's in a fast, like the meter marking is between 120 and 136. And now my kids know, a lot of times I have this poster, this year is the first year I'm doing it, the one that's like, they pick, give me a high five, have a little dance oh, party, awesome. give me a hug, just say hello, fist bump. So my kids, if we're on automatic, if I'm not doing something unusual. They know they line up at the door. The music is playing. I have to be on my game to do this. The music starts playing almost before they walk in. They come in through the door. They do their hug or whatever. They know, go to a place in scattered position. This is default okay. if I haven't given them direction. And they start moving to the beat. They can they can move. We yeah. call it middle school dance moves. Means they just go back and forth. I have <laughs> they know in the in conversational solfege years. I want them to tell me if that music is in duple or triple or mixed meter. Um, and they're just moving. Yeah, they're having fun. Yeah, yeah. And I allow a little more fooling around than I like personally, but they're having fun as long as they're being musical. Because you know, in my class, it's get to the top of the pyramid of yeah. musical greatness. So everything you do once you cross that threshold serves one purpose be musical so when you come in if you're wrestling with your friend on the ground that's not being musical but if you and your friend are like doing a hand clapping game and you're being a little silly as long as you're being musical i'm happy yeah so then that gives me a chance to greet every kid as they come in and do that but let's say i'm not doing that let's say i have the stretchy band out they all come in and we're moving to the music or let's say they come in and we do a really funny move it 
You know what I mean? Yeah. So okay. that's there. Come in and wow. do this, right? Generally speaking, I do a little grouping of conversational soulfish stuff. So maybe we do that, and then we might do a second doing thing. Yeah. Then I'm always doing a pitch exploration with them, uh, even the big kids. Yeah, so that's slide like my whistle, favorite thing. a ribbon stick, mm-hmm. a butterfly. They love it. They yeah. don't want to admit. Sometimes Plus, they, they know. Love it. They will say to me, "We did Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna do something because I also want their their physical body to understand we are starting music. We're getting ready, yeah. You know? And we're gonna sing. Then they're gonna sing something really short and quick. And then I'm going to do. I head into conversational solfege. So it might be read this, decode this, echo this, da, da, da. But I might only do a couple of the conversational soulfish things and then we're up and doing a doing part mm-hmm. of the music, of the lesson. Meaning maybe we're doing a dance. Maybe we're playing a game. Maybe uh, we're doing a jump rope rhyme, right? Mm-hmm. Then I'm going to throw in a little conversational soulfish. Maybe the review is at that point. So I can do the review after the current objectives. True. And then uh, we're going to do one more thing, and then they're going to be heading out, and I'm going to have them prepare for a future objective. As they line up, please echo these patterns, right? Mm -hmm. Or I'm going to sing you a new song that we're going to learn more in the next couple classes. I am a person who likes to sculpt the lesson with a general flow. Um, and I'm a spreader outer of conversational soulfish. I don't do, okay, now this is the conversational soulfish piece. Every once in a while it turns into that because let's say we're at the writing part. Yeah. It just, it that's how it you happens. Have to. Yeah. yeah. But generally that's not what you're going to see. Wow. This, that was so helpful. Good. I hope this dialogue with Taylor is benefiting you. I know for sure that every time I talk through conversational solfege myself, I feel like another layer of the onion is peeled back and I kind of earn some leveling up coins in the conversational solfege world. If you have questions about what you've been hearing in this conversation or just about conversational solfege in general, you can always send them to me at tunefulbeatfulartfulpodcast at gmail.com or by posting on our Facebook page at the Tuneful Beatful Artful Music Teacher or on Twitter at TBA Music Teacher and on Instagram at the Tuneful Beatful Artful Teacher. For now, though, I'd like to just say a quick but sincere thanks to the Fire Robin Association for Music Education for sponsoring the podcast. And I want to, as always, encourage you to please consider becoming a member, especially as our biennial conference in Philly is coming this July. But for now, I'm going to close down my equipment and go hang out with my family and get ready to get my vocal cords fixed. So while I do that, will you please keep doing all you can to create a more tuneful, beatful, artful world?